This plane is falling straight to the ground. Don't know the reason, but it's going down. My body's shaking, so turbulent, just like our lives. And it is sent to the world with a sign. This dancing sky. Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, a podcast for fans of the guests who appear on this show, as well as fans of music in general, and a podcast for musicians, singers, songwriters, artists, entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. I'm your host, Bruce Wozniak from Now Hear This Incorporated. Check out www.nowhearthis.biz. Be sure to sign up for the email newsletter there, which is quick and easy. All that's required is an email address. We are coming to you from Crystal Blue Sound Studios near Tampa, Florida. Check them out on the web at www.cbpro, as in Crystal Blue Productions, cbpro.net. Be sure you are subscribing to this podcast and telling your friends to do so as well. We are thrilled to be on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and SoundCloud. Lots of great guests on Now You Hear This Entertainment, or as I've taken to calling it, NHTE. Joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line, currently in San Francisco, but her base is Los Angeles. My guest is a singer-songwriter who just got a cut with Britney Spears after having released a new single and accompanying video in early June. She has sung on more than 400 songs for the hit Fox television show Glee and sings on Rod Stewart's new upcoming album, as well as Richie Sambora and Orianti's upcoming release, as well as Ringo Starr's new Postcards from Paradise album. She has a resume longer than one episode of this show, which we'll try to do some justice to throughout today's interview. You've been hearing one of her songs entitled Me and You. It's my pleasure to welcome to the show, Wendy Wagner. Thank you. What an introduction. <laughs> I, I only <laughs> recite facts. It's a, it's a, it's a, uh... yeah, it is a good introduction, but wow. Well, thanks. Thanks, Wendy, so much for taking time out to speak with me today. I'm, I'm really most grateful for this. Sure. My pleasure. So before I start gushing uh, and getting carried away with things, tell the listeners first, please, all about the song that was just playing, Me and You. Uh, Me and You. um, I wrote that song with a wonderful new up-and-coming artist named Andy Marsh, um, who does his own thing, and he's remarkable. If anyone wants to check him out. Um, Basically, we were put together to write some songs for a specific project. So basically, um, it was... The song was about um, being in an airplane and thinking that the airplane was going to crash. Obviously, it isn't crashing, but um, you're thinking that it's going to crash, and in that last moment of your life, in that very last breath that you take, what would be the last thing that you were thinking of? And um, we wrote it about a love story, about um, you know a relationship that uh, we were regretful about not um, having you know done right, and so we took this the plane crash and made it basically a metaphor for a relationship going down in flames. Wow. And um, it was just such a beautiful, deep thought from um, from Andy, and we took it from there and went on and finished the song, and, and that's basically what the song is about and, and who I wrote it with. And it just it was such a special song to me that I decided to put it out um, on my own. And it sounds to me, just confirm, so was this the first time that the two of you co-wrote together? Yes, it was the very first wow. song that we had ever wow. written together. And, um, you know, basically we probably wrote probably about five or six or maybe even a little bit more songs together um, from that point on. But that was absolutely the first song we did. Well, you know, we talk a lot about uh, songwriting on the show and, and co-writes and things like that. And obviously everyone that's, you know, around the show, so to speak, uh, I guess you can call it in the in the NHTE network. Everyone obviously says, you know, that sometimes you do co-writes just to find out that you don't want to do co-writes or that you don't really mesh with it with a certain writer. But um, I, it, I'm just feeling this energy coming from you that that you're just really so satisfied and so excited and so thrilled with how this song came out. I mean, does that happen? Does that do you co-write with someone for the very first time and the very first song you do? comes out as, as good as I'm hearing you saying for, for me and you? I mean, is this... Is this <laughs> what, what? No, no, it, it's, it was kind of an anomaly. I mean, the thing is, is, I think Andy and I had a very special writing um, 
chemistry. Um, and you know, he's, he's very young. I guess, uh, I think he's 23, 22, wow. 23 years old, really young and had come to my house with these, these just grandeur ideas, these very beautiful, um, deep, deep things that he had to write about. And I was thinking he was going to come up with, you know, oh, baby, you're so fine. <laughs> you know, let's go to the club. Um, and it was really when he kind of opened his mouth and said, okay, I had this idea. And la, 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 la. I was just so blown away by the depth of him as a, as a human being. Um, there are occasions where, you know, you're a professional writer. You'll be asked to go meet with another professional writer. And write for an outside project, like, okay, um, let's say, you know, gosh, um, Pink. Pink needs a song, and we put you and we put this person together, write a song for Pink. Generally, when you walk into the room and you're with another professional writer of that stature, um, you come out with a, a good song. It's sure. generally good, or you know, every now and then they're monstrously great or special, um, but they're generally good songs. It's just that I think with Andy, um, it was just an unusual collaboration, and I think that it it showed and came across. And it was he's just such an emotional writer, and those are my favorite writers. So we ended up writing a bunch of stuff, and we just wrote a new song together a couple months ago. That is just one of the most beautiful things I've awesome. ever had a part of writing. Awesome. Wow. Well, <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. Wonderful. You know, with with the resume of yours that I only briefly alluded to in the intro. I kind of would envision him walking in to meet you for the first time in his eyes, you know, being wide open like flying saucers. And it sounds to me like he started <laughs> opening his mouth and giving you some of these lyrics and yours went that way. Like, oh my gosh, yeah. who is this guy? <laughs> yes, it really was exactly like that. Um, yeah, Andy Marsh, you should check him out. He does his own thing. Um, his stuff is a little more EDM, but he actually covers the same song. He does a version of Me and You too. Oh. And um, he's just, He's remarkable, yeah. Okay, but, you know, and with all due respect to him, I mean, you're the guest on the show, and we want to make this all about you, so the way I'm going to kind of spin this <laughs> is I'm going to spin it as, as far as what you just described there. It sounds to me like he came out of the gate really setting the bar high. So what advice do you have for young writers who do come out with a really great song very early on, you know, so that they're not setting themselves up for being nervous that, oh my gosh, that first song was so great. How can I possibly live up to that? I got to write another and another and then another couple hundred. What what advice would you mm-hmm. have for them so that they don't feel this fear and this pressure because they did, I don't want to say get lucky, but, you know, have, have a first song that, that went really well? You know, it kind of is no accident um, from what I've seen. I've worked with a lot of, you know, really young writers. Um, generally, if they're able to tap into something that extraordinary right off the bat, they generally continue writing things that are, you know, in the upper echelon, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, not every song is going to be special. You know, there's, there's, um, there's a, you know, uh, every few songs or every five or six songs you'll write something. Wow, that was a special song. Um, but, you know, generally when you're that good out the gate, you know, out of the gate, you, you continue to be that good. Um, it generally isn't a luck or, um, you know, that kind of thing. It's basically based on skill. And I think when you write a song that is really, really good, your first song out, um, you just have to be relaxed and know that, you know, not every song is going to be special, but there'll yeah. probably be decent songs yeah, yeah. and you just have to be patient with the process and and you know maybe three or four later you'll write something that you're really in love with again well dare i say and, and i don't know how much of a limb this is but you know you're 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 the professional songwriter i mean i'm just an artist manager so is it safe to say uh well young folks uh write for quantity and and eventually you will get quality is, is that a good phrase to, for for me to coin you know, it, it really depends on which route you want to take. Um, if you're trying to, if you're trying to write for um, outside artists, if you're trying to write for film and television placement, if you're trying to be a professional songwriter who makes their living by writing songs, absolutely, quantity is always going to outweigh quality, and it's unfortunate that that's the truth. Um, because every 20 that you write, you might get interest in one. Mm-hmm. Every 50 that you write, you might get one cut. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's always generally not your best song 
um, my absolute worst song that I've ever written has been cut by eight different artists, <laughs> and uh, it will remain nameless, but um, it, it's definitely not Bridge Over Troubled Water number two, and the thing is, is that um, for some reason, uh, people like this song, it says one thing over and over again, the track is really cool, um, but it's not, you know, it's not me and you, um, it's not the depth of that kind of song. The thing is, is that if you're writing for yourself as an artist and you want to convey a, you know, a message or you want to represent yourself as a specific kind of artist, then I would say quality over quantity any day. You mm -hmm. really want to just do your best stuff, you know, that represents you. Um, you're putting that out into the world as an artist. That is really, really important. But there are two separate hats you can wear as a songwriter. You can be, um, you know, again, an artist, um, and you know, or you can be a professional songwriter. They're sure, two separate sure. things, right? Well, and and you realize, by the way, that uh, you just sent you just sent the listener scurrying for Google, right, to to figure out what that song of yours was that <laughs> that you're trying to keep nameless. <laughs> <laughs> oh um, yes. <laughs> in the in the meantime, though, uh, you know, most importantly is is congratulations on the big news that I mentioned in the intro. Uh, talk about your involvement with this Britney Spears cut. Um, yeah, it, you know, it was kind of an interesting thing that came to uh, came to play, and uh, basically, it was just uh, an opportunity that I had to to write on something with Giorgio Moroder, and I've worked with him for many years, and he's wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Can't say enough about him. And uh, basically, came to write something that ended up being something that she that she cut and um it was just an, an incredible experience and and you you mentioned his name but is that is that the door how how did how did that come to be getting getting that cut um yeah definitely it's you know these these opportunities are always generally based on relationships um i've been working with Giorgio Moroder as a, a session vocalist for many years and, you know, a few years ago, he started reaching out to me as a songwriter, I think probably maybe as he saw different things that were going on in mm. my career. You know, I was writing a lot for Disney. I was <clears throat> getting a lot of artist placement. Um, and I think he just said, hey, let's write something together. And I started working on his record. I think I wrote, gosh, I wrote a ton of stuff. Um, but unfortunately, the only song that landed on the record was the Britney Spears song. And it, it was... Um, it's basically a cover of Tom's Diner by Suzanne Vega, and they wanted a new bridge. Mm -hmm. So basically, we came up, you know, with a bunch, you know, bunch of different bridges, and he ended up choosing the one that he liked, and and that's what they went with. I mentioned in the intro that all of this comes on the heels of your new single having just come out right before the Britney news, and we're going to play the single at the end of the show, and, and we'll give you a chance then to talk about the song itself then. But for now, let's talk about the video that has just come out for it. I'm uh, yeah. I, you know, I have all these, where was it filmed? Do you produce your own videos? You know, I'm, I watched it, and, and I'm a devout Christian, so I sat there and I loved seeing a lot of the imagery in there, the church, the statue at the end. Just, just talk about that video for the listeners, because I know they're going to want to go and, and watch it themselves and uh, you know, have some, some background from you on what they're watching. Sure, sure. Yeah, the the song is called Lifted. Um, I was inspired to write it. I wrote it, co-wrote it with a, an amazing co-writer. Again, another one. Um, these are really all my favorites. Stuff that I put out myself is always my favorite people, my favorite, you know, songs, that kind of stuff. Um, the guy I co-wrote it with, his name is Michael Oakes. He's from Nashville. Just a really <clears throat> special writer. And... Um, a friend of mine, unfortunately, had recently lost her husband to leukemia, mm. and she was telling us a story about um, how she had been talking to um, a medium, basically, and uh, whether or not you believe in that stuff or not, um, they were talking to this person, and she was asking if her husband was okay, and if he was in a better place, and how he felt, because he had a really, really long and tough struggle, and... Um, he at the at the memorial they had tied white balloons to the chairs and at the end of the memorial they asked everybody to let go of these white balloons. Mm -hmm. So when she was talking to this medium who didn't know anything about the memorial or anything about the story, um, 
he said, I, it's beautiful here. It's just like everybody says it is. Um, I feel like one of the white balloons at the, that everybody let go. I feel, you know, I feel lifted. Mm. And basically I took that title and, um, I took, you know, it just really inspired me. And, you know, obviously she's missing him and wishing she could be with him, but she can't, you know, she has two children here. But she, you know, obviously is still living for and she has a lot of life ahead of her and um, there's still a lot of really good things going on in her life and it's tough, you know. I mean, when someone like that passes away, it's really tough. So I wrote the song about her perspective and wanting to be lifted and see the things he's seeing and be around all the beautiful things that he's getting to experience. But she's still here. So basically, that was uh, what I wrote the song about. So when we did the video, my boyfriend, um, Nick Scheip is his name, he basically is a video editor and um, does a lot of different kind of things. He has his own production company. Um, you know, we were together for a while, and he was like, hey, next time you do a video, I want to help you with it. And we sat down and thought about what we'd do, and I thought this song would be the right song to do it with. And we decided to bring some of those um, you know, elements into the video. So we were looking for places that, um, that showed a lot of beauty and had a lot of spiritual, you know, spirituality to it. Um, there definitely is a lot of religious overtones, but it's not a religious song. It's, you know, it's very spiritual. Um, it's just about somebody, you know, passing on to another realm and, um, you wanting to be with them. Um, but obviously, you can't. There's part of you that wants to be and part of you that doesn't want to be, you know, the, that struggle. And uh, basically, uh, Nick and I, we went up to Santa Barbara because they have some beautiful old missions uh, and, okay. you know, really, really old churches. And we shot some B-roll there. And then we went back to uh, the Valley of Los Angeles and did a lot of the street stuff there because I wanted to show... I'm in the alley. There's unfortunately, you know, there's graffiti everywhere. There's yeah. unfortunately, there's homeless people. There's. I wanted to show the the contrast between, you know, the harsh reality of, you know, living day to day in a life where you're mm -hmm. struggling, and then the beauty of being somewhere else and being lifted to a better place. So that's why we. Yeah, I, I like I like the insight, you know, on on the video production because I I think that what happens is and I've said this on past episodes, is that some of the up-and-comers get overwhelmed by just the mere thought of a video and think that it has to be this elaborate, over-the-top production that's going to cost thousands and thousands of dollars. And in fact, you're yeah. here to say, well, you know, my boyfriend did it, and we just kind of went out and, you know, did some location scouting on our own, and it was, you know, not what people envision. And, and you know, listeners, go back and listen to some of the other episodes where there where there's some other guests that have given similar encouragement. I know episode 53... Amanda Page Cornett had a, had a neat story uh, about being able to film on the grounds of the University of Florida. And uh, episode 61, Cena Earhart was talking about um, almost getting shut down during their shoot by the police. Um, so, you know, these things, though, are, are lessons in doing a music video that doesn't have to be something that breaks the bank and ends up, you know, costing more than your CD itself. So, uh, so I, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I appreciate the, uh, the behind the scenes there. Sure. I am Bruce Wozniak, and joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line, she's in San Francisco today, but based in Los Angeles, it's singer-songwriter Wendy Wagner. Be sure to visit her official website at www.windywagner.com. Be sure to sign up there to get on her mailing list. You can also follow her on Twitter. Her handle is at windywagner2013. And obviously, since we were just talking about a video, she is on YouTube as well. And of course, purchase her music. It's available on iTunes, cdbaby.com, and Amazon. Be sure that you're also checking out www.nowhearthis.biz, that's H-E-A-R, and sign up for the e-newsletter there and subscribe to this podcast and tell others about it too. Subscribing is free and it makes it so easy to get the show every week. It will just download automatically when a new episode comes out so you don't have to go looking for it. If you are a new listener to the show, thank you ever so much, and please do check out some of the prior episodes of Now Hear This Entertainment. 
Wow. We are at episode 74 today. We've had a lot of great guests mm-hmm. along the way so far. Go ahead and use the social media buttons on nowhearthis.biz to like the Now Hear This page on Facebook and or become a Twitter follower. Me and You is the song we played at the beginning of the show and you talked about it. We had just been discussing your new video, but in fact, uh, Me and You has a video on your YouTube channel as well. Over 55,000 mm-hmm. views on that in just nine plus months. Uh, anything you want to say about that video? Uh, that, that video was fun. Um, that video was a little uh, less stressful, I think, uh, because it was <laughs> it was our first. And uh, the reason why I was doing these videos was for film and television placement. A lot of film and television supervisors like an artist to be attached to a song. So I definitely, you know, am not trying to go out and be Mariah Carey or start, you know, start that kind of career. You know, I have a behind-the-scenes career that I'm very, very happy with, but this stuff was just like, well, you know, um, I'm going to go out and I'm going to do stuff on my own and get these songs placed, which I have um, successfully. And um, basically, that's why I was starting to do these videos. So we did this video with Avi Cohen, and uh, he is um, a a good friend of mine and uh, does a lot of video production bunch of different stuff um has his own production company also and he also is my webmaster he designs websites does um you know a lot of amazing stuff has amazing clients and um it was just kind of on a whim and we decided to go out and shoot this video and uh, i wanted to use the iphone because i didn't want to use anything too fancy and he shot it on the iphone and uh did a you know like an eight millimeter filter on top of it um to make it look kind of weathered and old and that was it there was no post-production wow. there was no nothing yeah it was um super fun uh, a very good friend <laughs> of mine michelle um is the model in in the in the the story of two people that you know are together but have to be apart um and we just i think we laughed more than anything in a lot of the close-up videos where michelle who is an actor um, was trying to be serious with me, and I'm literally trying so hard not to laugh because it's just not <laughs> not my forte to be an actress. And, um, and it was very, very fun. We had a really good time shooting that video. And unlike the video we did with Lifted, where Nick um, had to do a lot of post-production to make it look very dreamy, mm. and, um, you know, just it was a lot of work that he had to do to take a lot of imperfections off. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, but, uh, and he, from the little yeah. bit that I've come to know about you, you you seem like somebody who it's also not your forte to not be smiling and laughing. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's probably... That's, that's prob- very true. That's very true. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm curious, back up, because I, I myself would, would personally like a little lesson in, in when you said that uh, the TV and film people... Uh, for song placement, would like you to be attached to a song. So you mean visually yeah. they, they want to say, oh, that's the girl from the Me and You, that's the girl from the video where she's dot, dot, dot. Is is that, am I am I connecting no, the dots properly? No, it's not, it's not so much that. It's What it is is that, you know, um, years back when I was first coming up in this business, um, there were composers that were hired to do you know, music um, behind a source cue or do uh, put a song in a place in a television show. Um, and now music supervisors are basically looking for, you know, bands or artists that are doing their own thing. Because what they get to do is they get to kind of co-market the whole thing. At the end of the show, they can give credit. They can say, go to iTunes and buy this person's song, mm-hmm. you know, um, mm-hmm. You know, they can, they can promote it. It makes the show look a little hipper to have these hip, cool artists or mm-hmm. young up-and-coming bands or who, you know, they don't need to be young. It just has to be somebody that is an artist who's out there doing it for themselves and not a guy who was hired, you know, in his studio composing something, even though, of course, that is amazing in itself. It's just a different time yeah, in film yeah. and television. Um, and it also depends on what kind of film and what kind of television show. So basically, a lot of the you know the younger, the more indie television shows that are looking for to broaden their audience with the younger group of people, they'll try to you know look for more artist-driven things. So basically, when I was putting these songs out for film and television placement, um, a lot of the you know the feedback was you know we're looking for artists. I see. And I was like, I see. well. 
all right, I guess I'm an artist, so let's do a video. I see. Let's put okay. it out on iTunes. And, uh, you know, there's something attached to it. And it, had a, it just had a whole new life. It really did. It kind of just snowballed. And um, and then that's why I decided to do another one, and I'll be doing you know one every few months or one every six months or so. So, but so these songs that you're fun. these songs that you're doing videos for, like like for example, let's just stick with me and you. Has that mm-hmm. song been pitched for film and television? Yeah, yeah, actually, it's been picked up for four different things, wow. and uh, it's wow. you know yeah a couple couple television shows that aren't you know that are in the the making, so they're not airing yet. Um, and then two different, um, one indie film and one, you know, pretty decent budgeted film. So it, everything is just kind of still wavering except for the television stuff. That stuff is already done. Um, so it's like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not promoting it quite yet until, you know, the ink is on, on the paper and then I'll go ahead and say, okay, this song is in, in that show. Um, a song that Andy Marsh and I did, um, called So You've Got a Gun, um, and it's basically kind of a, uh, like, you know, a young pop kind of fun, um, interesting song. We we got that placed in the show About a Boy, and then unfortunately About a Boy was canceled, but it's still going to be airing, and the song is still featured uh, in, in the show. Okay. So when, again, when we get the you know, the the name of the show and when we get everything finalized, then we'll go out and say, okay, this is when it's airing and this is the show within and that kind of stuff. But yeah, I've been really successful with me and you and um, and so far there's interested in, you know, interest in Lifted too. So it's, it's definitely pays for itself and um, makes a lot of sense to, to do it this way. And are you the one that's pitching these songs? Do you pitch your own stuff or you've got someone that, that pitches these for you? Well, it's interesting that you asked that. I'm actually in between publishing companies right now. Normally, I'm with a publisher, and they do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, my relationships, um, again, they kind of go deep, and I have the relationships myself. So since I'm kind of just in between right now looking for, um, you know, a new publisher, I may stay independent. So, um, you know, I, I'm basically doing it myself at this point. Yeah, but... Uh, but- Young listeners uh, who are who are interested, uh, you know, do not try this at home. Obviously, Wendy has, uh, you know, quite a name for herself, quite a reputation. She has quite a body of work that they can understand that, okay, you're between publishers, that's fine. You know, we can still talk to you individually. It's not, it's not something that, again, I, I remind you listeners all the time that these <laughs> these TV people, these film people, radio stations, record labels, publishers, the list goes on, are just inundated constantly. So do yourself a favor and, <laughs> you know, think long and hard before before you're going to go out and pitch stuff yourself. Uh, you know, if, if, if it's great, then then awesome, you know, but just uh, heed these words of wisdom from, from Wendy. Okay, now it's time for Bruce's bonus. This is a segment here on Now Hear This Entertainment where I take off my hat as podcast host and put on my hat as president of Now Hear This Incorporated, giving a helpful tip for the listeners that are musicians, singers, songwriters, entertainers who are out there trying hard to make a go of it. Today's bonus is, remember that when you direct message someone on Twitter asking them to check out your music, it's a lot like cold calls to venues. By that I mean there are so many coming in every day, you really shouldn't hold out much hope for a huge return on your time. Publishing companies, record labels, radio stations, and yes, even podcast hosts are inundated with others just like you who are doing that, so consider maybe using your time in a more productive way, meaning on something where you stand a chance of better results, even if that means rehearsing or writing new music. And that is today's Bruce's Bonus. Are you digging the Bruce's Bonus segment each week? Listeners, are the tips helping you out, musicians and entertainers who are listening? There's one on every episode. We've even got an ebook for sale at nowhearthis.biz containing the bonus from each of the first 40 episodes. So go there and check that out. Um, I do want to dig a little deeper into all things Wendy Wagner. Another recent project worth noting, just going off in a slightly different direction, is you're being cast and performing vocals in a commercial attached to the Pitch Perfect 2 motion picture. Just tell us about that opportunity. Yes, uh, for Schick, that was actually a, a beyond a blast. Um, this wonderful um, ad agency um, music house in uh, Santa Monica named Bojan Music, 
they are um, the Wojan Brothers, and basically they produce music for television commercials. So, I mean, they do a, you know a lot of different things too. They do you know film and television and that stuff too. But primarily, they've been doing television commercials for gosh, probably twenty years, twenty plus years before I was even in the business. And I got lucky enough to be introduced to them, and I've done, you know, a bunch of different projects with them, different products. And um, because of my experience on Glee and my experience singing on the first Pitch Perfect movie, um, they basically were, you know, hired to put together this music for the Schick commercial, which was kind of, you know, uh, a spinoff of Pitch Perfect, but they really wanted it to sound very Glee-ish. Um, so they had come to me and hired me to put together all the singers and, and help with the arrangements and, and all that stuff, even though they're quite, you know, capable themselves. Um, they just kind of wanted somebody who was, you know, in the room and doing it day in, day, day in and day out. Because when you're doing that kind of singing, it's very different. Um, you know, the production of those kind of vocals is just incredibly different than getting three singers and standing up to a mic and all singing different parts at the same time. It's all very close mic'd, you know, individually mic'd, uh, you know, heavily uh, tuned, heavily, you know, manipulated um, to get those sounds. And it's, just a, it's a completely different production style. So they hired me to do that. And we brought the girls together and we had a complete blast again, laughing way more than we were singing. Um, <laughs> the lyrics itself, we were just, we were just laughing too hard. And then when we saw the actual video in the end, it was just, you know, we were rolling on the ground. It was so much fun. So that was how I became involved. <laughs> yeah, that, that's good to hear though, because, you know, I think obviously people do get to a point where they do realize that as fun as this all sounds, it is work. But at the same time, oh, yeah. yes, you can actually enjoy what you're doing, and you know it, it doesn't have to overwhelm you. The fact that this is work. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, there's times, you know, um, on Glee where we had 15 to 18 hour days, and we were just singing, 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 taking breaks in between, obviously, obviously, but um, a lot of concentration and you know when you're doing razor blade singing which is just like you know you know everything has to be perfect no vibrato straight as an arrow um your exit to your entrance everything has to be perfection i mean it's a lot of work it's a lot of concentration it's an enormous skill that you've worked for years to hone um you know it becomes fun because you have a certain level of confidence with it you know because you've done it time in and time Again, um, but if, you know, it, it does take years and, um, you know, it does, it just takes a lot of work to get to where you can really have a lot of fun doing what you're doing. <laughs> and, and let me, if that make sense. Yeah. Let me, let me be the one to say, you know, again, uh, Wendy and I, we don't really have any, uh, you know, any prior involvement with each other professionally or as friends or anything like that we're only getting to know each other through now here this entertainment but you know this is this is a this is a pro that you're listening to here audience members and and what she just described there is is you know part of of that the fact that she is calling in from her vacation on san francisco is testimony to that i, I just published a blog today uh listeners if, if you want to go and look for that and now hear this dot biz um, it's entitled No No Limits, and, and it's partly inspired by Wendy being such a pro and, and being willing to do this interview today during oh. her vacation. So, you know, really <laughs> heed these, these lessons that she's giving because, you know, this is, this is all uh, very applicable and, and very real. Um, you even provided backing vocals on the Annie soundtrack, the motion picture starring Jamie Foxx. Uh, the, the, these are all kind of different categories. I, I asked you before about pitching your own songs, um, mm -hmm. something like this, uh, this Annie soundtrack opportunity, for example. Now, again, is this still all just initiated by yourself or is there, well, I do have certain people that are getting me certain opportunities, Bruce. You know, every job is different. Um, we do not have agents or managers or anything like that as professional singers. It's basically um, a group of people that, you know, um, that you know, that you work with that will refer you out to other people and ball just kind of gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, you know, my first year singing as a professional, it was very, very sparse. I didn't know anybody. 
uh, my first hundred packets that I sent out to people, I I got one fifty dollar job um, in mm. in someone's back garage where their cats were living. So you can imagine what it smelled like. <laughs> um, but you know, it definitely wasn't uh, singing on Ringo Starr's record where he's cutting up fruit for everybody, and where wow. like you know, I'm sitting in Ringo Starr's house. Wow. Um, you know, it's definitely a long way from from the start to where I am now. But um, there is nobody that represents you. You have to represent yourself. You have to be out there, um, you know, constantly getting your own jobs, making your own jobs, looking for your own opportunities. Um, it's definitely an incredible amount of work. But, you know, um, I'm here on a Monday with my son in San Francisco, and, you know, I could be at a regular job doing something that I didn't really enjoy. Um and I and I've been really lucky to be on the you know on the higher end of success of things. Thank God, I, I've been very very blessed. Mm-hmm. Um, but it really does come down to ambition and and hard work ethic and and working with great people and you know and knowing the right people to work with. There's a group of you know you'll have a group of singers that you're constantly referring out and they're referring you and you work together all the time and. Um, and I love hearing from new singers. Um, you know, unfortunately, not a lot of them are at a certain level to which you can get into session singing because you, you have to be, you know, um, a different person every day. You really do. You have to be able to do any language, any style, anything. Hmm. Um, and it's, you know, it's not for everybody. Uh, I work with some incredible artists that I think are just unbelievable, but they really wouldn't fit in the world that I'm in. And then there's some amazing session singers that would never really fit in an artist world. So it's rare to have someone who can do both, but there are. Um, and you just, you know, you got to kind of swing, you know, as, while you're at, up at bat. You just kind of have to take every opportunity that you can. Mm-hmm. Well, and, uh, you know, and eventually the accolades do come. Uh, and I know yeah. that's not why I know that's not why you're in this. But for instance, uh, last year a song that you co-wrote was used in Disney Plains Fire and Rescue. It was nominated yeah. for song animated film for the fifth annual Hollywood Music and Media Awards. And of course, obviously, you know, as I did say uh, in the intro of the show, I mean, gosh, having sung on more than 400 songs for Glee, that's that's something that you know when I was talking earlier about uh, right for quantity and eventually you get quality there's you know the other word for that is just getting the reps and so obviously you did your time yeah. and got the reps and eventually it leads to something like that nomination i just referred to and then ultimately getting to a point where you're singing on more than 400 songs for glee that, that i i would no no i'm curious about that though is, is there a, is there a point in time where yeah the first 10 the first 20 like that was fun that was you know it didn't seem like work and then all of a sudden you're up in the 300s and now you're hitting 400 and you're going, <laughs> yeah, i don't really know so much anymore <laughs> you, you know what i think i ended up after once it ended season seven i think i was on over 600 wow. um, actual songs because wow. i think we did 800 and something songs wow so you know what um glee was never a dull moment to be honest with you um we started working on it eight months before it started airing and we knew it was something really remarkable we just didn't know whether it would go over people's heads or whether people would get it and um, I don't think anyone was prepared for the the ride that we went on with it. Um, it just, it was so remarkable. Um, you know, just the popularity of the show was just remarkable. And we, when we first started, we were doing a couple songs a week. We got into eventually 10 songs a week. And I was one of the original singers, so um, I was used a lot. And uh, the vocal contractor, his name is Tim Davis. Um, he's a very good friend of mine. Um, the producer of the show, Adam Anders, um, I got to be very good friends with um, him and his wife, Nikki. It was a very, very tight group. There was only eight of us um, when we started, and then they started, you know, changing people in and out for different sounds or different characters and different things we were doing. Mm-hmm. But it was never, ever boring. Uh, just the most challenging singing I've ever done. Wow. It was just, just full on scream out every amount of energy you could possibly excel for generally 10 to 14 hours a day. That was a general day. Yeah. So it was an enormous amount of work when we did Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen. I think it was a two day 
um, session literally almost 18 hours a day each day. Mm. I remember crying as I was driving home because I didn't think I could actually get home. Oh, gosh. Wow. <laughs> I was like, wow. I couldn't keep my eyes open. <laughs> um, but, yeah, Glee was never a dull moment. It was just absolutely the highlight of my session career because every song was challenging and different because they would take, uh, like on Journeys Don't Stop Believing, they would take the bass line. And they would sing the bass line. So, you know, it would be like, you know, everything was sung. Um, and it was, it had to be perfect. There was definitely no tuning the group or anything like that. We mm-hmm. were, had to be spot on. Mm. So it was over and over and over until it was perfect. <laughs> uh, did did you so, end up, did you end up hating certain songs by the time you're done with it? It's kind of like the old you know the band that goes oh. on tour and they play the same set list every night and and the fans always wonder do these guys hate singing their own songs by the you know forty second show on the yeah. tour? Yeah, you know it's interesting. Um, I'm such a music fan. There there were just a handful of songs to be honest with you. <laughs> Maybe an artist that I didn't love that will remain nameless. But of course, um, I would walk in and they would say, "Oh, we're doing this song today," and I go, "Oh," because <laughs> I knew that I had endless hours of hearing that song over <laughs> and over again. Um, but it was rare. the The people that were choosing the songs and Adam Anders and the people that. You know, Ryan Murphy, uh, the, you know, the creator of the show, the people that were choosing these songs, it was always just remarkable. I was just like, wow, this, these people had really great taste in music. They would take the, the old uh, 80s stuff and do new current stuff and mash them together. And uh, it was just remarkable, you know, the stuff that we were doing. Um, awesome. and, and every time I left there, I was super proud. You know, awesome. it was a great gig. Yeah. Very cool. I am Bruce Wozniak, and joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line, she's in San Francisco, currently uh, based in Los Angeles, singer-songwriter Wendy Wagner. Be sure to visit her official website at www.windywagner.com. Be sure to sign up there to get on her mailing list. You can also follow her on Twitter. Her handle is at WindyWagner2013, WindyWagner2013. And obviously, since we have talked about two different videos during the show, she is on YouTube. Visit her there and watch and like those videos. And of course, purchase her music. It's available on iTunes, CDBaby.com, and Amazon. And be sure that you're also checking out www.nowhearthis.biz, spelled H-E-A-R. Sign up for the e-newsletter there and subscribe to this podcast and tell others about it too. Subscribing is free. And it makes it very easy to get the show every week. It downloads automatically each time a new episode comes out, so you don't have to go looking for it. If you are a new listener to the show, thank you ever so much. We have officially hit at least 80 countries around the world. Just amazingly grateful for all that. Check out some of the prior episodes of Now Hear This Entertainment. We are at episode 74 here with Wendy. We've had a lot of great guests like her along the way so far. Go ahead and use the social media buttons on nowhearthis.biz to like the Now Hear This page on Facebook and or become a Twitter follower. As I've mentioned, I always like to strive for some education for the up-and-comers who are listening. So in this case, I think there's a gray area, Wendy, for some of them that you can certainly help clarify. So let's have you change hats now and talk about Wendy Wagner as a session vocalist. Yes. Um, well, the session vocalist, you know... Um that's primarily what I do. Um, I absolutely love it. I have the strangest and most wonderful job you could imagine. Some <laughs> days I'm singing like a 10-year-old. Some days I'm singing like a 90-year-old. Um, it really just depends on what the gig is. Um, you had mentioned Annie earlier, and um, I had gotten hired to go in and uh, do exactly that. Sound like, you know, 15, 20 different people. Um, and it was so much fun. We were just joking. We were like, okay, I will be, you know, the lunch lady. Now I'll be the teacher. I'll be the mother. I'll be the grandmother. I'll be the little girl. I'll be the ice cream truck person, you know, um, you know, and you just have to adapt and, and have fun with what you're doing. And every job is different. Sometimes they're songwriter demos and you have to bring life to somebody's song. Um, their background vocals on people's records. There's, you know, live television performances and things like that. Um, I'd recently done uh, Jimmy Kimmel and I've done The Tonight Show. I've done so many different shows like that um, over and over again. Um, 
you know, there's background singing live. Um, I did a world tour with Katie Lang. I've sung background for Elton John, um, you know, oh, James amazing, Taylor. I mean, amazing. On down the list. Yeah, it's been, it's been an amazing, um, amazing career. And, you know, but every job kind of has its own thing. Um, you never quite know what you're going to walk into. And, um, and I think that's the fun part of it. You know, you just, you have to be willing to be flexible and you have to be, um, you know, I think that's the biggest thing is be flexible with different personalities, um, you know, different singers that you're going to be working with, different musicians, producers, you know, you really have to just be open um, because nobody is alike and, and everybody is going to want things done their way or a specific way. And sometimes they just want you to run the entire thing. Mm. I work from home probably 70% of the time. I have my own recording studio. People send me track, you know, tracks. I record my stuff, do my edits and stems back. It's a, it's a lot more lonely, um, sure. you know, than going to a studio and having a social environment. But um, it does allow me to have more flexibility, um, spend more time with my kids. Yeah, I was um, just going to say, it allows you to be a mom. <laughs> yeah, it allows me to be a mom, and I can basically wear my pajamas and, you know, not have to put any makeup on and go do my job, basically, and then send off my, my stems, and I'm done for the day. So it really is um, a remarkable job. It, it wasn't easy, you know, getting into it. I didn't know anybody. Um, I had to kind of start just like everybody from scratch. And I basically had went out and invested in this book called the industry source book, which I don't think is around anymore. And it listed, you know, different producers and songwriters and, you know, anyone that would basically hire a singer. And, you know, as you were talking earlier, you can't just send these things in the mail. They have to be solicited. So what I would do first is I would send an introduction letter, um, which now I guess you could just do email. But I would send an introduction letter introducing myself, giving them a little bit of background, asking permission to send my material in. And I must have sent 500 letters. Wow. And out of 500 letters, you know, I did get a pretty good response. But um, I think I did get, you know, about 50 people that said, go ahead and send. In my next batch of 500, I got another 50 people. So I had 100 people to start out with, you know, that were yeah. open to me sending something in. And I had my promotional package in my, you know, back in the day it was a cassette tape. This is, this is I when I wish this was a video podcast so we could put it at the bottom of the screen, results not typical. <laughs> <laughs> well, because, you know, they, they often yeah. say that when you send out your marketing letter that, that you can expect a 1% return rate, and what you, descri- what you just described was 10%. So that is, that is tremendous. Yeah. Well, I think I came up in a time to be different. You know, I mean, to be honest, I'm looking, I'm at a 17-year career right now. And 17 years ago, I don't think it was as hard as it is now, Hmm. to be honest with you. I don't think they're, you know, like, you know, everybody's a singer and everybody's a songwriter and everybody's a producer now. You've got Logic on every Mac. You've got GarageBand. You've got everything accessible. I mean, my son, um, at like, gosh, I don't know, seven or eight years old, was putting tracks together. Wow. Uh, with wow. my with my ex boyfriend, and they were they were making an enormous, amazing songs, wow. and I was just like, huh. Um, you know, back in that time, um, to be a singer, singer, you know, was kind of rare. Um, now they're, you know, with all of the different American idols and, and, you know, local idol contests and, yeah, and you know, yeah. the voice and the this and the that, America's Got Talent. There's so many people now that, that are coming out of the woodwork and not afraid to show their talent that before, I don't know if Joe working, you know, in, in the back of a place flipping burgers with the most unbelievable voice, voice in the world. I don't think he would have had the guts to come out. Like, you know, a lot of artists now can. Well, not to mention um, put in the labor that, that you were starting to describe, because you're right, back then it was cassette tapes, and so you're talking about different types of expenses. I mean, yes, nowadays people get really carried away with gear, but back then you needed money for blank cassettes, you needed money for postage, you needed time to, yeah. to reproduce all those cassettes instead of just emailing MP3 files. Yes. In fact, I used to sit at my, you know, my cassette thing. I had a dual deck and I used to make my cassette copies exactly that way. (laughs) You know, I would put one in the cassette A and one in cassette B and I would start 
you know, at real time making my little cassette. And, you know, I didn't have any professional, um, you know, recordings to send. I just had my own songs and I made little edits of them. And I, at the time, I didn't know that I shouldn't have like the 10 minute guitar solo, you know, really was <laughs> basically coming down to, okay, only putting the, the best vocal parts featured. And, you know, it took a lot of time to, to meet the right people. So, you know, basically it just, it, it you know, it was a, a different time in, um, it was a different time, and I think there was less people, you yeah, know, really yeah. out there doing it. Yeah, agreed. So I think that the return rate, you know, if I were to do it now, absolutely, absolutely, one yeah, percent. Yeah, yeah. But and um, you know, and I got I got lucky. I think that you know my leather looked professional. I had an executive assess, uh, assistant position um, at Creative Artists Agency for mm, six years. Wow. Um, I knew how to write a letter. Um, I wasn't just going, hi, my name is Wendy. I'm a singer. You know what I mean? It was like, it was, it was, it was written well. It looked professional. Um, I didn't come across like a crazy person. Um, even though I think all singers are slightly crazy, but you know, other than that, I came across, you know, um, with my head together. So I think that there were certain elements to that too. So, when they said, send your package in, you know, again, out of the hundred packages, I got one job for $50. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, you know, it was definitely a kick to the gut. And I thought, Oh my gosh, what am I going to do? How am I going to do this? Um, you know, and it was, it was tough, but you know, I sent out more packages and mm-hmm, more packages. Mm-hmm. And I remember sending, I remember having crisscrosses through everyone I sent through. And I kept going through this book that was, like 1,500 pages long. It was wow. ridiculous. And I had exhausted all efforts. And I didn't have the internet. I didn't have Google. I didn't have the ability to just type in, you know, hot new producers. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really had exhausted everything. And, um, you know, the few jobs that I had gotten, uh, one of the jobs was with a very successful songwriter by the name of Billy Steinberg. And he liked my, you know, my little tape so much that he had a meeting with me and, he was one of the very first people who gave me my break into the session singing world and saying, okay, listen, you should be singing with this person and that person, gotcha, this person. Gotcha. Within a year, you know, yeah. Wow. So within a year I was working with David Foster. I was singing wow. with Diane Warren. Was, wow. Yeah, it was really, um, it was a lot of meeting Billy and meeting some other session singers in yeah, the but, industry that, But I would you know, argue that, you know, you didn't have the internet, you didn't have email, but you had drive and you believed in yourself and, and that's that's the reason why you why you persisted and why you went through such an exhaustive resource and sent out as much as you did. And those are those are hugely important parts of the equation, even nowadays when there is the technology that we do have. Um, I, I want you to also yeah. uh, you were talking mainly about being a session vocalist, but tell the folks about being Wendy Wagner vocal contractor. Yes, um, vocal contracting is a whole different ball game. Um, it's not an easy job. It's basically, you know, your responsibility to find the the right singers for the project. Um, I worked on a film called Rock of Ages, starring Tom Cruise, and um, I worked on that with Adam Anders, who I was working on Glee with, and he had hired me for the job and. Um, luckily my expertise was like eighties rock. I knew it too incredibly well. (laughs) And, uh, it was, it was kind of a match made in heaven. So I knew the right singers to call for the job. Um, I had over 60 singers on the entire film. Mm. Um, along with those singers comes a lot, an enormous amount of paperwork. Um, just, you know, the union, uh, SAG and AFTRA and all of the different, um, affiliations and contracts and, you know, dotting I's and crossing T's. And I'm not joking. If if there wasn't a T crossed, it would come back from the wow. attorney. Wow. Um, it was a lot of work getting the singers to sign all the paperwork correctly, getting all the payments to go to the right place. Um, you know, I think my background working at CAA definitely helped me um, in that aspect. Uh, my organizational skills, uh, you know, uh, definitely knowing how to, to do paperwork and to file things in time and keep up on things and follow up on things. You know, I think that it definitely was my education uh, working for that company and it definitely helped me become, um, 
become, uh, you know, or have the ability to become the, the sure, vocal contractor sure. that, that I've become. And um, it's a great job. It's just, it's a much more enormous responsibility because it really is all on your shoulders. If the singers aren't right, if the casting isn't the right way they wanted to go, um, you know, it really comes down to you. So luckily I've been successful at it. Um, you know, it's, it's been a, a great job, but it really is a very big job. And, and there's not a lot, there's not a lot of vocal contractors in town. Um, Jasper Randall is amazing. I, I mentioned Tim Davis as Bobby Page. There's really just a handful that, that do it so incredibly well. And it, um, but it's a great job, but it's a whole different ball game because you're not going in as a singer. Um, you're going in as someone who hires the singers and yeah. gets all the paperwork process. Yeah, and even though you can sit and do it from home, it is all of a sudden, like you said, it's 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 a desk job. It's not it's not something where you're actually getting to sing. And and you know, granted, there is that that added benefit that we mentioned before that it does allow you to be a mom. And and uh, you know, that's yeah. that's that's not something that should be overlooked. And and listeners. You know, if if you're in that boat, or or if you know someone that's doing music, you know that is trying to to manage their time with with being a parent. Um, again, you know, Wendy's an example that it can be done. She's you know she's got her son with her now as she's doing this interview. Uh, episode sixty six, Damon Fowler talked about the way that he kind of altered his his touring schedule. Uh, once him and his wife had had their first and, and obviously their second child as well. And then even a few weeks ago, episode 72, Nelson Montana uh, talked about what it's like to do music and be a single dad. So these are certainly very real-life challenges that uh, that a lot of people are dealing with. Wendy, you were, you were mentioning before <laughs> it's a, a lot of real fun opportunities that you've gotten over the years. Before we let you go, I wonder, with all that you've accomplished, is there actually one career highlight for you um and and and, and then i guess uh you know wh- why what well, what what do you what comes to mind and, and why is that your number one career highlight if there is such a thing amidst everything you've done oh gosh you know there have been some pretty amazing moments i just had one last week actually nice <laughs> so um it, i've been super super lucky i would say in my session career you know um that Glee was definitely the highlight of my career mm-hmm. I, because of the enormity of it, the the um, the the quantity, um, the the specialness, the specialness of the people that I worked with. Um, you know, all of the stuff uh, intertwined. The small group of singers, we really became a family. I mean, I ended up doing a little video as a gift for the producer and for Tim for Tim Davis at the end of the production, at the end of seven years, I was compiling videos and pictures and everything that I probably should have never been taking. But, um, I did this video at the end of it and gave it to them as gifts. And it's a private thing. It's nothing that we released publicly, but there were, I think there were eight babies born in production. Um, you know, there were, there was just, it was just huge. It was a huge part of my life for many, many years. And um, I would say that that was definitely a highlight um, of my session career. Um, you know, another highlight of my session career would definitely be singing on, you know, a couple Barbara Streisand records that I did mm. in a moment where I was in the studio and it was just Barbara's voice and mine and I just had to match her and, you know, sing along with her. And gosh, I remember being, you know, five years old and singing along with Barbara Streisand, yeah, wishing yeah. I was her, you know. And then being, you know, singing with her, just one voice yeah. in her on her records. It was pretty wow. tremendous. Um, yeah, amazing. And then as a touring touring singer, I would say touring with Katie Lang was definitely a highlight. She is one of my favorite singers and always will be. Oh, no and kidding. She was, yes, absolutely. I was a huge fan. It teased me to death when I was on tour <laughs> with her. Um, when, we did, when we did Live By Request, I think she came over and said, okay, you know, um, which song should we do, Wendy, since you know my songs better than I do. <laughs> it was really funny. Um, but she ended up being more beautiful of a person than, than her music was. It was Aww. just such a beautiful gift because you never know. <laughs> you never know what you're going to walk into. And it was just tremendous. It was a beautiful experience. So I've Very been nice. 
Gosh, I've been so blessed. Yeah, and how? Well, uh, we're going to close today, as promised, by playing your new single, Lifted. I, I really like the song, and I can't wait to hear you tell the listeners uh, anything else about it that you want to say before we let you go. Uh, obviously, you talked about the song earlier, but just uh, any final thoughts before we wrap up and play that song? Um, gosh, um, no, nothing other than that, you know, it was just a special song for my friend, uh, you know, obviously about, I wish I was writing it about something with a happier, you know, topic, but, um, it was a really a special song that I wanted to, to write maybe more as a gift to her. Um, and it just really inspired me. Um, I think obviously most people do go through something like that, whether it be a parent or, you know, a loved one or husband or wife, God forbid a child, um, you know, when, when you're just uncertain of where they are and you're hoping that they're happy and in a better place. And, and that's really what the song is about. And, um, and I, you know, this song unfortunately wasn't easy. We had one thing after another go wrong with it. It was very strange. It was almost like, uh, no one wanted it to happen. It was Mm. very, very strange. Like, you know, the, the lead vocal disappeared. The the track was in the wrong tempo. The track was in the wrong key. Um, the, we shot one video and, and I was so unhappy with it that we ended up doing a completely different video. I mean, it was one of those things. Like it was not easy. Like the first song at all. And I kept going because I kept thinking, okay, now I'm really determined. <laughs> no one's going to stop me on this song. But I did almost did almost quit a couple times, but I didn't. And, um, yeah, it's just it's a special song for me. And, again, um, my boyfriend doing the video with me, and I use him as my model. And, you know, at the very end of the video, he kisses me. And uh, it's very sweet. And it's just it's a tender, a tender moment and a, a special song. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Wendy, I can't thank you enough for doing this today. Really enjoyed it. And uh, the pleasure has been all on this side, I I will say for sure. So thank you ever so much. Thank you, Bruce. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time and and all that you do. And uh, you did an amazing job. Thank you. Thank you. That will do it for this week's edition of Now Hear This Entertainment. My sincere thanks to singer-songwriter Wendy Wagner. Remember to check out her website at www.wendywagner.com and sign up for her mailing list. Be sure to also engage with her on social media. Follow her on Twitter, subscribe to her YouTube channel, and then watch and like her videos on there. Uh, For that matter, tell her you heard her and her music on Now Hear This Entertainment. And of course, be sure to purchase her music. It's on iTunes, Amazon, and CDBaby.com. Don't forget to visit www.nowhearthis.biz and sign up for the email newsletter there by simply putting in your email address. That's it, just one field to complete. And of course, please do subscribe to this podcast and tell your friends about it, family, neighbors, coworkers, relatives. Give us a nice review on iTunes or Stitcher Radio too, hopefully accompanied by a five-star rating. That truly does help the show a lot. If you're listening on SoundCloud, remember that you can like and share, uh, repost episodes there, and you can also follow on SoundCloud. Let's get your feedback on the show too. Post your comments or questions on the Now Hear This Facebook page. There are links to it and Twitter and even the Now Hear This official YouTube channel on nowhearthis.biz, or send us an email. The email address is on the contact page of nowhearthis.biz. We have been recording this show at the great facilities at Crystal Blue Sound Studios near Tampa, Florida. Check them out online on their great new website at www.cbpro.net. That's CB as in Crystal Blue. Thanks for listening. We'll send you out today with another song from Wendy Wagner. This is the one she just talked about. It's called Lifted. 